When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could um, with stories I picked up along the way. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, where today we're looking at the book of Hebrews, and it has something about Jesus, who Jesus is, and where he shows up in our lives. And I don't know if you're feeling limited by life circumstances or whatever you're going through. Um, I hope this message encourages you. If you grew up uh, in any kind of scripture memorizing tradition, you know that the chapter and reference is always important when you are quoting a Bible reference. And I love that the author of Hebrews, who we don't know who that is, says, he quotes a Bible verse and he says, somewhere, someone testified this, <laughs> someone wrote this somewhere. Um, you know, it's like, he doesn't even remember. He's just, he's preaching. Um, then he, and I think this is pretty good uh, for Hebrews. Many think that Hebrews is a sermon or a liturgical text on how to worship, um, probably first delivered in sermon form. So this might've been a preservation of that first sermon where the preacher forgot the reference. Um, it might just be that it doesn't really matter, which is more true. Um, the truths that we learn from scripture are the important things, not how we learn them or where we learn them or, or, if, they're, um, or if everybody agrees with them all the time. Ultimately, God is speaking through God's word, and that's what the author of Hebrews is trying to say. But these testimonies and miraculous signs that they've all seen, this is early in the Christian movement, they're healing miracles all the time. And all of this, he's saying, is, um, is to show us something. And what is, what, is it, what is all this stuff that we're seeing, what is it trying to show us? For the author of Hebrews all the signs and wonders and angelic visitations and all these things are pointing to Jesus. They are trying to show us who Jesus is. Uh, we, as Christians, 2,000 years later, know who Jesus is. We have worked out who he is, what he is, where he came from, where he is gone, where he is now. Uh, we have worked through our Trinitarian debates from the third and fourth centuries and onward of, of how Jesus fits into the Trinity and all those relationships of love and, and majesty. And we've fought about those things too and had controversy about them. Um, sometimes that's overblown and sometimes it's right on. The stories are pretty wild from those periods where we were working that out in our history. And we know who Jesus is. We've seen movies about Jesus. We've read about Jesus. We've thought about Jesus. But ultimately... Jesus has to show up in his own way in our lives. And that's where we meet Jesus again for the first time. And that, that first time meeting can happen more than once in our lives. And so this revealing of Jesus for these early Christians uh, was done without any of that 2,000 years of discussion of who Jesus is. All they had were the stories that had been passed down from the apostles, from Mary, from Luke, from Matthew, Mark, John, uh, and maybe some other verbal and, and, and uh, oral sources for what Jesus said and what he did and what his crucifixion was like and what it was like to experience his appearances after the resurrection and what his ascension was like and, 
as the apostles began to die off and die, um, these were written down to preserve their memory. This is So these early Christians at the time of the book of Hebrews didn't have all that. They might have had some of that, but they didn't have the 2,000 years of reflection on who Jesus is. What they did have, though, is they had Jesus. And they had the knowledge that he was one of them, one of us, a real human being. And the author of Hebrews is trying to show that, that Jesus is part of this heavenly order, that this heavenly order of angels um, and humans and, and then God becoming human. Jesus goes down a little lower than the angels to the human order of creation. Um, he, he humbles himself in this. This is what's called the kenosis or the emptying of God in Christ, that Jesus became limited, like you and I are limited in this world, and, and so experience what it's like to be human. So much of our dis-ease and so much of our, uh, our struggles with living come from feelings that we are limited, that we are stuck, that we can't really make any progress, uh, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in our work, whether it's in how we relate to people in the community, in our family life, whatever it is, that feeling of being stuck or not having any options or not being able to make real decisions that, that we th- see as, as real options is the struggle of human life and causes so much of our, our quest for trying to figure things out. But it's in that struggle, in that, in that confinement of our lives, in that limitation of our lives that we really discover Jesus because Jesus is right there with us in the limitations of our life, in the four walls that, that have surrounded us, in the, the restrictions and other things that we seem to always bump into and wonder, why can't I be like them or that other person that seems to be able to glide right through? Um, all Jesus is right there with us in our limitations. He's been made a little lower than the angels. He has gone through suffering and death. And it says that he has tasted death for everyone. And this is um, a little hard to translate, I think, that certainly Jesus tasted death. The way we use the word taste in English today is kind of like, you know, just a taste. Okay, that's enough. Oh, I tasted that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, But in this context, it means that he like consumed death. For everyone, that he knows what it tastes like. If you've ever been in a traumatic situation, a car crash, or some other awful experience, there's a certain taste in the mouth um, that happens when our bodies experience trauma. Um, people describe it as an iron taste or something like that. And I think that's an ancient recognition of our, our limitations, our finiteness, the fact that we are like little eggs in the carton. Um, easily breakable. Eggs are really strong. Sometimes you can squeeze them a certain way and they can withstand huge amounts of pressure. And other times you squeeze them just a little bit from the side and, and they just crack. And that is what it's like to be human. And Jesus was human like us. He tasted death for us. And that is how he can say he is one of us. That ultimate human experience of death the thing that we know about from age four or five or six 
We first discover it in the death of a grandparent or a pet, and, and we stare into that abyss of death as a child, and we say, we say, is that all there is? It's final. There's no coming back from it. And that first awareness that I remember having as a kid, and maybe you had as a kid, that first awareness is something that defines our humanity, that ability to know what death is like, but never know what death is like. That is, that is what Jesus experienced for us, and that is where we place our hope, that neither life nor death nor anything can separate us from the love of God in Christ our Lord, because he is one of us. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And suffrages be on 55. O Lord, save thy people, and bless thine heritage. Govern them, and lift them up forever. Day by day we magnify thee, and we worship thy name ever, world without end. Vouchsafe, O Lord, to keep us this day without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us as our trust is in thee. O Lord, in thee have I trusted. Let me never be confounded. Let me pray a collect for this week from the baptism of our Lord. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, in glory everlasting. Amen.